It is another edition of the Cool Store Podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous day today. Today we have something very, very special. We have a couple, a cool couple. Yes, so, so excited. But before I introduce them to you, I have to let you know about our amazing sponsors, Founders and Pearls, cultural sorority women face problems as they seek an exceptional sisterhood experience that exceeds common paraphernalia. Well, Founders and Pearls is just for you. Not only do they have amazing paraphernalia, but beauty and wellness items, inspiration, unique, exclusive paraphernalia, all from small businesses. So go ahead and subscribe for your box today. Three of our four Founders Day are in January, so make sure you go ahead and subscribe today. That's foundersandpearls.com. And are you ready for the holidays? Well, Green Top Gifts has all that you need. Wrapping paper, stocking stuffers, and the Clarence Claus hoodies. I absolutely love the hoodies. You can find me around town in hoodies everywhere. And my Clarence Claus is my favorite. From the exclusive, beautifully done wrapping paper to things that you can put in those stocking stuffers, please make sure you log on to greentopgifts.com. And when you close out, your keyword is cool sore for 10% off of your purchase. So go ahead and log on today. Today, we have a cool couple, Daryl and Tacoma Perry. Daryl is a cool bruh of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, and Tacoma is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and they have such an amazing love story, and you'll be very impressed by what they are doing to make sure that black couples all across this world have the same love that they share. So please enjoy. Meet the Perrys here on the Cool Soar Podcast. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all. I am a cool soror of What's up y'all? I'm a cool soror of Hi, I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali we are very very excited to have I, I would say a very special edition of the cool Sora podcast because we have a beautifully married couple a cool Sora and cool bruh the Perry's are on the cool Sora podcast to come up here and you are a cool Sora of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and she is joined by her Amazing husband, Daryl Perry, who's a cool bruh of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yo, yo. Yes. Welcome to the you show. Know, you know they're going to have to put yeah. that on there. Of course. Of course. Of course. You see him twirling a cane, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, welcome to the show, guys. This is the first um, couple that I've had on together, which is I think it's fabulous, and I'm sure more people will get the idea like, hey, you know what? I need to hit up Rashawn to be a cool sore, cool bruh combo on the Cool Sore podcast. So thank you so much for being the first couple on thank the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So let's talk about your love for one another. We're going to start there. You guys were, I'm assuming, college sweethearts. No. 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 What? Can you, Rashawn, let me tell you something. I was all hugged up in high school and college with the same guy, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I was going to marry this guy. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so in, I'm a little older than my husband. I'm about three years older than my husband. So okay. when I was a senior, he was coming in as a freshman. Wow. So I remember meeting him. Let me tell you, I did not know my husband 
on at all on campus. The only time I can say we have thought back, how did we not know each other? We matriculated on the same campus, Indiana University. I was roommates with her ace. She was my sans, <laughs> my sans roommate. I did not even know him. Oh he was my, my sans roommate. I remember one time it was a party one night. And we were outside at the party. And I remember my San's brother is my husband's best friend. Uh-huh. And I remember my San's brother being this just real managed dude. He was like, <laughs> always trying to talk to the girls, you know, trying to talk to my San's and I. And I remember seeing his name is Jay. And I remember meeting my husband and seeing Jay and my husband standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. And Jay was like this managed dude. And I'm looking at my husband, I'm like, this seems like such a sweet kid. What is he doing hanging with Jay? Right. Because while Jay was trying to talk to all of us, my husband, we call, I call now, his name is Dara, but I call him JR. Right. JR was just being real polite to all of us and, and nice and speaking real kind and everything. I'm like, what is this dude hanging with Jay for? He seems like a nice kid. Right. You know, I did not give it two seconds. You know, I didn't think else, anything else of it. We did not really connect until about how many years later babe like eight years later oh my gosh eight years later i'm in columbus ohio i'm a reporter for nbc4 in columbus he's there working um i was a, a assistant planner over at dsw okay yeah their headquarters are in columbus and we had obviously we had the same friends because we all went to school together right and my sons uh lived in columbus and she was saying hey um jr's having he's very social he was always having parties or get-togethers. He was always part of something. And I'm not very social. Uh-huh. I'm social when I have to be, but not really. I'm not going to be any on any planning party planning committee. So he would say, oh, JR's having this. Come here with JR. I'm like, JR. And I didn't really think anything of it until, tragically, a co-worker of mine, who was also a reporter who went to IU, she died. Oh, wow. And I spoke at her funeral. And after the funeral, JR came up to me and said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to be Reba, who was my sans, I used to be her roommate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do remember you. You're that kid, that nice kid. <laughs> the kid. And saying, yeah, and I was, yep. he was saying, we should get this together sometime. We should, you know, hang out. And I'm thinking, mm, you're not my type. You know, I was at this point, I'm 30 years old. I'm like, you know, at that point, you 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 have your list. Ladies right. know about that list in your head. He's got to be six feet tall. I'm five nine, pretty tall for a woman. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be six feet tall and this and that and this and that and my husband he's not five you know he's not six feet tall <laughs> but but he just he wasn't he didn't fit out. I was just like we don't really need to spend time together he was like and he wasn't even really trying to talk to me at the funeral he was just saying hey we we, right. we know let's get together it was a friendly thing and that's what was important about that I, I really was just two people from Indiana who happened to live in another state who went to school together and I was just kind of like you know we should hang out sometime it was really one of those innocent we should hang out and over the next two years, we would catch each other either in some of the same circles via email or uh-huh. in certain places. But I, I'll be honest with you. I was not I was like scared to really try to holler at her. Why? I don't know. It was something about that. Hey, she's on TV. Yeah. She's a superstar. She's probably got some six foot athletic dude that she already had written off her list that's on that arm. <laughs> and so I uh, I just didn't I didn't man up. I didn't step up. And then, you know, it was about. Like I said, two years after this uh, incident happened with a friend of ours passing away, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going for it. Wow. And wow. I just told her, we're going to dinner. And then yeah. I said, there, my, my, my son said, you know, JR likes you. I'm like, Ugh, okay. She was like, just give him one dinner. You know, I was like, you know what? I can give him one dinner. Do you know 
that dinner happened and nine months later we were married. Whoa, that was that was pretty fast. So that did you fast. know immediately? You I knew. I didn't know I immediately. Knew. He knew immediately. I knew immediately. I knew before she ever said she was going to dinner with me. You did. You know, I called, Oh yeah, I called my mom and said, Listen, I found the one. I just gotta make sure she realizes I'm the one. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what yeah. was it about her that you automatically knew. I think my, my husband told me the same thing when he met me when I <laughs> when we were freshmen. Seriously, and and everybody at our rehearsal dinner said the same thing. He was like, "Oh my God, he's been talking about you since the first time he saw you on on the set 15 years ago." Like seriously, they did that. Men just know, right? So what did you see in her, Jr.? I was. I tell you, when I first met her, obviously I was attracted to her. She's just beautiful. You have yes. this five nine, incredibly beautiful, incredible smile. Uh, ability to, to move in different circles. Yes. You know, we can be at home with mom and she can be rubbing the L. She could be like grimy and then she can also be out in public and she's just super elegant. Every word is pronunciated or enunciated correctly. Everything is, is just spot on. And so I was, I was intrigued by her. But then when we started actually dating and just sitting and talking, I was completely turned on by the way she thinks. Wow. You know, her spirit the way that she looked at family, the way she looked at marriage, the way, you know, the things that she wanted, she kind of, she had a standard and she wasn't going to take anything below this standard. Oh, beautiful. And I respected that about her. And, and so it really was a, a, I fell in love with her, her mind and her heart. She's just Man. a beautiful person. Beautiful. That's fantastic. So when, um, to come up for you, when were you like, Hey, I tell this to women all the time. Cause you know, I'm, I'm 41 now going on 42 and I was, um, I, I always say, I my advice, and I know there are always always exceptions to this rule. My advice is never, never marry before 30. Does it work out? There, there are there people who get married young and it works out and they're together forever? Yes, yeah. it happens. But for me, I'm so glad I waited until, I didn't get married until 33. You were, you were, you were 33. I was oh, wow. 33 Yep. And I remember I, that list. Let's go back to that list. I had this list. I was like, he has to be this and he has to have a good job and he has to do this. And I, I was that I was every woman that stereotypical black women that say he got to if I got a, two degrees, he got to at least have one. I don't have no kids. He can't have no kids. Uh -huh. You know, it was like all this superficial stuff that I thought was really important. When I met my husband, he was nothing I thought I had on my list. He was he was an athletic build. He's a, about an inch shorter than me. Um, he had one child, um, but you know, he had a degree he had, you know, but when I met him and I got to know, just like he said, his heart, my heart, yeah. his heart, we thought the same thing about marriage. We thought the same thing about, he's the person to talk me about work ethic. So oh, wow. yeah. before 30, I thought a good job was something, but what if you lose that good job? That mm -hmm. never really, how, how readily is that, that man able to humble himself and go get another job, right. Maybe job right away. Let me tell you, we used to hang out and when we first started, you know, dating, um, we would hang out all night, spending the night at each other's houses, you know, my mom, sorry, but, you know, <laughs> uh, spending the night and I would be like me. I didn't have that great work ethic. I call in sick to the station real quick. Like, ah, I'm not gonna be able to make it in him. He would get up and go to work every day. Right. Every day. There was nothing about me that was so enchanting that would cause him to call in to work. And just right. I wanted to stay. <laughs> I just knew I could. Yeah. Said that he taught me, and I remember saying, "I'm like, wow, he's really committed." And I love the way that, you know, white people loved him, black people loved yeah. him. Yeah. 
that I can move in different circles, he can move in different circles. You can everyone, take him anywhere. You can take him anywhere and it's all good. <laughs> everyone loved him. To this day, if you don't like my husband, that lets me know there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You like, better tell him. Yeah, it's like, it's like he's so lovable. And he loved to, he loved on me. He was the person that I could be totally myself around. Because mind you, it took me a little longer. I wasn't letting my guard down yet. Because I'm like, mm, he's still not everything on my list. Right. So I still hadn't let my guard down yet. And even with my guard not down, he still was just like, I'm not going anywhere. I don't yep. care how much you push Nowhere. me away. I don't care how much you are cold or seemingly don't laugh at my jokes. I'm still in there trying. And I was like, wow, no one has is so persistent. That means he yeah. wants me. He mm -hmm. wants, you know, he really, he's seen the grimy me. He's seen the cold me. He's seen the harsh me. He's seen, and he still wants me. And that made me, I'm telling you, it took, I went away the, the moment though, if, you, if I, if I'm being honest, the moment I went away, we started, we started, you know, had kind of like seeing each other mm -hmm. right, around, Christmas. right around Christmas. And, um, the, you know, inaugurate, this is 2008. So we, had, we elected our first black president. Right go to Washington, D.C. to work the inauguration. We just started, we went on our first date Christmas Day. And he watched my dog uh, for me while I worked the inauguration. And as I'm away, you know, my brother's asking me. He's like, my brother lives in D.C. and he's a year older than me. And he said, you know, so you dating anybody? He had just been married. I just uh, was a bridesmaid at his wedding just three months before. And I said, and he's like, man, you ain't never date nobody. You know, what's, what's going on? I'm like, well, there's this guy. He's nice, you know, but I don't know. He's like, well, tell me about him. I start telling him about him. And he said, well, what's the problem? He sounded like he could be the one. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. Da, da, da. He's like, he's like, come on, you gotta, you, you're not going to get 100% of what you want. But this dude sound like a well over 80%. <laughs> he, he said, when you get home, give this guy a chance. Let your guard down. To, let that harsh exterior fall away just give it a chance if it doesn't happen then it doesn't happen and, and you I know always appreciate my brother-in-law <laughs> wisdom right bestowed that upon her and so i said okay i said you're right when i got home i determined in my heart on the plane ride home i said you know what i'm gonna laugh at every joke because i would want to laugh but i wouldn't laugh because i'm like i don't want him to think i like him oh my god you're just being so hard hard yes. i was so hard but that's how a lot she of women a, are her first month very hard i'm just I was hard like, okay so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to laugh at his jokes. I'm going to, like, if I feel it, I'm going to do it. it yeah. Like, we're going to let my guard down. He met me at the airport with roses in one hand and my dog in the other. And oh, I said, honey. Oh. I said, okay. I said, yeah, you got me. Every and we, day. Were, we, we were together every, every day. day. We've been together every day since that day in 2009. Wow. Every day. And I, it's been the letting my guard down and letting him love me and make me seeing myself worthy of that love has been the best thing that I have ever, it has changed the trajectory of my life. Both our lives. Literally. Oh man. Literally. So let's speak about that trajectory. And um, JR, I want you to jump in as well. Like what does that look like changing the trajectory of your life once you fell in love with this woman? Uh, well, for me personally, I mean, now that obviously we've been together, we have three beautiful children. I'm here and I'm now here in Atlanta. Uh, when I graduated from IU, I had moved out to California for a while. Then I moved back to the Midwest to be closer to my family. But I do not like cold weather. Oh, okay. I, I <laughs> right. Weather. And I, I, I remember when we were dating and she got a call and they said, hey, we, you know, you're going to be in Atlanta. We, we got an interview for you. And she said, would you ever consider moving to Atlanta? And I was like, absolutely. Keep in mind, we were dating at this time. And she finally realized that I was the one. 
Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, of course I would. She's like, yeah, but I don't do shacking up. And I was like, well, that's cool because I don't either. You know, I got an uncle down there. I will move down there and stay with him right. until this thing official. Right. Uh, we came down. She did the interview. I, I went back, and when she called me and let me know she had, you know, that they gave her an offer, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm moving to Atlanta. It was that simple for me right. because for me, you know, my life was going to be wherever she was. And so, you know, when you fast forward now, eight years, yeah, eight years later uh, here in Atlanta, I'm sure I probably would have either still been in the Midwest uh-huh. or I moved back to California. I can be honest with you, since uh, we've been married, I found God, you know, I gave my life over to Christ. And I know for a fact, if it weren't for my wife, I wouldn't be the man I am today because I wanted to make myself better right. for her, wow. not just for myself, but in order for me to be a good husband. In order for me to be a better father, a better person in this world, I was going to need to find something greater than myself to aspire to. Right, right. So, you know, being like we were actually living in two different cities when we first got married because I was still in Ohio. I started studying the Bible with a, a brother there and it changed my life completely. I mean, can I say we'd still be married now? I pray we would be, but I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'd have been mature enough to handle the the changes that come along with being in a relationship mm-hmm. and knowing you have to give more of yourself to this person that you can keep to yourself. Yes. Yes. So, yes. I mean, my life, I, I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't have this beautiful family. I wouldn't have this incredible woman. And so, yeah, my life would probably be in shambles right now. I might be somewhere smiling, having a drink at some club, wishing that I could find one of these women who, you know, saw in me what this beautiful woman sees in me now. Wow, wow, that's beautiful. And, and Tacoma, you know, you, you got that job here in Atlanta, and that's when I was able to, to see you and then right. get to know you better, obviously, through your work. But what was that moment when you realized it was no longer fulfilling you and now you are a proud stay-at-home mom? Yes, let me tell you. I um, When you get married, um, you have all these plans for your life. Yes. I really us i was on the when we met i was on that 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 yep. career path yeah that would send me to hopefully for most if you ask any most tv personalities or anchors honestly you know their their goal is network their goal is bigger mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. play that's their goal atlanta is a great awesome uh market but that that it should be your you know your proving mm-hmm. ground that you can go higher. And I was on that trajectory. But then when I start, when I had my first child, I was still on that path. I'm like, okay, we can still make this work. I'm still, you know, a reporter in a top 10 market. He's still, um, you know, a manager at his, you know, in his job. But, um, you start to see the lifestyle of a, of a, of what I was doing. So a lifestyle of a reporter is you basically have to, if you're going to get promoted, you've got to move. Okay. Most people, you got it. So I can be in Atlanta. If I'm in Atlanta, the rest of my, you know, I could stay here, but yeah. I, probably, you know, I probably wouldn't be promoted past the anchor desk if I got there. And you notice in anchor in uh, in Atlanta, most of your big anchors they stay. They've been here forever. Forever, yeah. They're 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 not going anywhere. Right. Mae Davis ain't going nowhere. She might go across the street. Yep. You know, but even if she leaves Fox Five and goes across the street, uh, uh Lisa Ram is going to take her play. There are mm-hmm. others who have, you know, who deserve that because, and they rightly so they paid those dues here. Absolutely. Atlanta. Absolutely. So I was going to move on. I knew I had to, you know, keep moving. Now, once you get married, it ain't just about you. Sure. Isn't 
He moved here, took a, a decrease in pay, a decrease in title just to be in Atlanta. To be with you. But to be with me. So if I now say, okay, well, it's about my career now and we got to move on. Like I've, I've been a reporter here for three, four years. It's time for me to look for the next market. Then he's got to now, whatever market that is, he's got to now find another job in that market. That's not fair to do to your partner. Yes. Okay. Would he do it? Sure. Of course. Uh, we, you know, yeah, he would do it. Would there be some resentment that might start building up? Probably so. Yes. So I had to make a decision. Um, and plus it was getting to the point where I wasn't even knowing my daughter. You know, I had Trinity at that point. I got a nanny that comes in. I leave for work. I was doing good day Atlanta. So I leave for work uh, at three o'clock. Trinity sleep three o'clock in the morning. You know, the nanny comes in and, you know, is there so he can go to work. And then I would get off at, you know, maybe one o'clock, but I would come home and, you know, and the nanny's there and I would have to go straight to bed just to get a nap. Yes. So I will wake up just in time to relieve the nanny so the nanny can be home and go her home to her family at 530. So then Trini goes to bed at 7. Seven, so right. Two hours. Exactly. How many hours do I have? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like I didn't even know Trinity. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Trinity. For the first two years of her life, I didn't really know her. She was just somebody else was taking her. Her, her and the nanny Lola. God knows I love Lola to this day. I, I, she was such a great uh, mother to my child. Mm-hmm, right. Her and Lola spoke Spanish to each other like they didn't even include me. I caught them one day laughing at me, <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I knew, okay, this is not the kind of dynamic I want with my child. Right. You know? So when I got pregnant again, when I got pregnant with the second child, that's when I knew I'm not gonna be able to do this. Right. And then. And then TV makes you really insecure. Oh, of course. Um, it makes you very insecure. You know, I had two babies by this point. You know, um, the weight's there. You know, they're, they're um, you know, what thing, one thing, that, one little trick that t- TV stations do, they, they come parade the, the new younger you in front of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you met so-and-so? She's thinking about being a reporter here. So yes. you're like, yes. Oh, Lord, they're replacing me. <laughs> you know, they got the newer, younger, prettier version of me coming in. <laughs> you know? And so, like, by the time I left, they, they do them head tricks. TV people do head, TV stations do head tricks with you. I was so insecure. I was so um, beat down. It was like this, it was starting to affect my home life. Yeah. It was, is it worth it just to be on TV? I mean, I like it, but I don't like it more than I like having a happy home life, having right. a happy so I told child. her, just come home. He told me. He said, just, just come home. He just come home. And I'm sure he didn't sign up for a stay at home. He didn't sign up. Yeah, we talked about it before we got married, you know, but the practical of it, when it really hits, like your wife is coming home, there you're gonna we're gonna live on one income. Mm. With that's a hard thing. Because sober. especially when I've had two jobs since I was 15 years old. Right. Even when I was on TV, I would have another job. When I was a reporter in Columbus, I had an after school tutoring job, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, it's I've always had more than one job. And so I've been hustling since I was 15 years old. That's all I knew. So to come home and say, okay, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, that was hard for me. Right. And I'm just adjusting. So what you see now is after years of depression. We'll be right back with more of this episode of the Cool Sore Podcast after I encourage you to log on to greentopgifts.com because I just need for you to be ready for the holidays What better way than to come downstairs, walk down the hall, wherever your Christmas tree is, and to see some amazing gifts wrapped in amazing new 
wrapping paper. I love Clarence Claus. Clarence Claus is absolutely somebody who looks like my grandpa or your grandpa. And it just puts a smile on your face. It just makes you feel happy. Not only do Green Top Gifts have everything for your wrapping paper needs, but they also have amazing stocking stuffers and stickers that feature Clarence Claus. He's a beautiful, jolly old man with a chocolate complexion, a white beard, and red suit. And I've got the special offer just for you, greentopgifts.com. And all you have to do is put in the code COOLSOROR and you will receive 10% off of your purchase. GreentopGifts.com. That is the place for you to go for all of your wrapping paper and gifts for the holiday season. Tell Clarence Claus, I said, what's happening? I love Clarence. He's so cute. GreentopGifts.com. CoolSora is your code for 10% off. Now, back to the show. Really? Did you, did you seek help for your depression or what, what you were going through? At therapy? <laughs> yes, that a good old licensed therapist. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so not the church, not and not, you know, the church helps, don't get me wrong. And I don't ever want to disparage um how prayer and God and the support of your church can get you through. Yes. But I had a nice good old licensed therapist with yeah. a copay. You know? Right. right. I get it. I get it. And it helps. But yeah, and just being aware of it, my husband been very um very cognizant of those times where I'm I, where it's there's something going on. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. and you know, when you're an achiever, you know, I've liked being an achiever. I've uh, that. And that's why, that's why I always, I've always been real honest about my time in TV. That was a lot of that was my ego. You know, I like being on TV. If I didn't like being on TV, I would have been a newspaper journalist, but uh-huh. I wasn't right. TV journalist. Cause I liked seeing myself and seeing my, the product of my, the fruits of my labor at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Immediately. I like that immediate gratification. Well, when did you realize that that wasn't good for your soul? Well, when my home life started being affected. Okay. When my husband's looking at me like, I don't even know what to do for you. The man who always could solve every problem, he just said, when he throw up his hands, it's time to make another, it's time to make some decisions. Yeah, what was going on, and there there were different aspects of it, but obviously being her husband, I don't want to see my wife in pain. I don't want to see her like with knots in her stomach when she has to leave the house to go to work. Yeah. at some point, I just looked at her and said, well, I feel like we're pretty much going to be paying for you to go to, like, we're going to be paying for childcare just for you to go and be unhappy. Mm. I'd rather stay home. We, we'll take a slight dip in our finances, but the happiness factor will go through the roof. Right. You'll be able to spend time with our children. At the time, we weren't sure we were having a boy or girl for the second child, but I'm like, you'll be home with our children. And if that's something you're game for, I'm totally with it. And initially she was like, nah, because I think that ego piece and then yeah. the people are being like, I, I want to be a success. I don't want to feel like a failure was kind of feeding into her, her spirit. But at the end of the day, my, my thing for her was we're one. Like, there's no way you could ever be a failure. Whatever my successes are, are yours. And me personally, and I was just sharing this with a couple last night. I feel like a mother, like that role on this planet, like it comes only second, like to God or to yes, Jesus. Yes. Like mother is so integral and so important to the structure. I'm not, I'm not saying men aren't because right. we know that they are, but that nurturing and that being there to, to console a child and that, you know, I don't know what it's like. My mother was a, my mother was a hustler. She was like grinding all the time. She's always work, 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 work. So it's important to me my children come home from school and their mom's waiting for them. Right. Go to school and mommy's there. And again, I'm not knocking any women out there who work because Lord yes. knows I work with some. Because that has its value. Incredible also. women. Yes. But 
I love the fact that my wife had the option. I mean, yes. Or you have the option. If she decides she wants to get back in TV tomorrow, I will support her 100%. But for the this season, for her to be able to just spend time with her children while they're young, I say go for it. Yes. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So uh, an even more beautiful thing that you all are doing now. Soulmates over soul food. What is this movement? Tell everybody about this. This is very interesting. This is our little pet project. We started it a couple, uh, like a, what, how many years after we were married? Gosh. Maybe three, About, four years after we are married. Yeah, 2000, it was at least four. Four three, years. Three to four years. So what we would do, we, ever since we've gotten married, we've loved to talk to other couples. Uh-huh. Now, we, we both come from products of divorce. Okay. This mom is, you know, was a single mom at one point. My mom was a single mom at one point. We knew that's what kind of what drew us to each other was that we knew we never wanted that for our children. Yes. Never wanted that for our, we wanted to be, I wanted what my grandparents had, which was 53 married, uh, years married. And so we knew in order to do that, we were going to have to, we were going to need help because we didn't necessarily know what that looked like. I had a little bit of an inkling what that looked like because I did have grandparents that helped raise me that were married and were, had been together for, for over 50 years. I'd but never seen it. He'd wow. never seen it. So we knew we were going to need help. So we got into this habit of just when we would be with other couples, we would just ask them questions. Like literally, we would assault them with questions. <laughs> and I'm a journalist. I got questions. Oh, questions. oh, you know, I know. You know, we just like because we're just interested in people. And my husband is the same way. He could have been a journalist. We both loved talking to couples. So then when we said, well, what if we sat down with couples in a more formal way and just said, you know, because. A lot of times we are at our most relaxed when we're having a really good meal. Right. Oh, you, know, you ever ever been on a double date and you were with another couple and y'all just having a ball? Right. Life. That's what we really wanted soulmates over soul food to be about. Invite right. a couple over, have a dinner with them, and use that chance to get all the wisdom we could from them. Because let me tell you, everything that I've done in my life, I've learned from other people's mistakes and their successes. Mm-hmm. I have not done anything that is new under the sun. I have not invented anything. Everything I did is because I saw it and I said, I want to be like that. So I just found out what they did to get like that. Even with you, with your podcast, I think that's how we initially got in touch. I got in touch with you. It's like, tell me, I I like your podcast. Tell me how you do it. Right. You know, I just want to know how, and that's how it is with the same thing with the marriage. How do you do it? And it was, it was one of those things where I remember coming home. I don't know if it was from church or something, but I was telling her, we need to reach out to people more. Yes. And I was like, um, one of the things I had shared with her was like, we weren't having enough people coming into the home. What's funny is she was like, I was just praying about that that day. And she's like, what if we had people come over and we would just talk with them over a meal and it'll be kind of like an interview where we just get, you know, knowledge. and That is so good. Let me tell you, because what no marriages are like, and there's something that you can tell me, Rashawn, about what you and your husband have been through in the last decades. That's going to help me and JR. That's right. going to help you other say people. something that's like, oh my gosh, they got through that too? There'll yes. be some law issue, some child issue, some uh, intimacy issue, some communication issue that it may not be the exact same, but we can relate and we can glean something from it. Exactly. Yes. Wow. And one of, one of the things that transpired from it also for, not for us, but I really think for the couples is that it's been therapeutic. Uh-huh. There's where they love the it. husband shares something and the wife starts crying because she's like, I never, I knew, never that. knew that. And <laughs> vice versa. I've seen men who were like, I didn't know that you were feeling so vulnerable in that moment. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done more. Or at the mm-hmm. same time, they're like, I didn't know that. And it makes me glad that I made this decision because 
it may have changed the trajectory of their their marriage. Yes. Just to give you a quick good example of my favorite one of my favorite stories that when we uh, of couples we talked to, we talked to um, and you may know Mike Burton is a saxophonist. Uh huh. He plays with uh, all he. I mean, good times brass band. Yeah, um, the good times brass band is his band, but he is also the back. He he plays in all the Terry, uh, Tyler Perry films. Oh, okay. He's, and he travels with he Jill travels Scott. with Jill Scott. His wife is a celebrity chef, Roz. Um, she she does all of the catering for a lot of the shows on 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 um on, on set uh, mm-hmm. that film here in town, and um, so. They they happen to be college friends of ours. They they both went to IU, mm-hmm. and we were interviewing them. And he, you know, he talked about a time where he was just going to get out of music. He had been, you know, a musician, and you know how it, you know, I can only imagine how it is being a miniature musician who is not successful at the moment. Um, it's not making enough to really pay bills. You want you need something steady. And he had gotten discouraged in his career. You know, he had been, yeah, he would go on tour with Jill Scott. He would do a tour here and there, but it wasn't steady. He needed something steady. Right. And he, his wife was pregnant with their first child. He was just like, I really need to just get something steady. So he was about to take a job at Dillard University, I think, to be their professor of music or something. Uh-huh. Dean of music or something, because he's got a master's degree in music. And he's not just like some kid that just been playing saxophone. He's got, he, he got degrees for this. And so he was like, I think I'm just going to take this job, you know. And his wife said, no, you're not. We'll be fine. She was a social worker at the time. She hadn't even gotten into her her gift, which is cooking. Mm-hmm. Said, no, you're not. We'll be fine. I'll work. You know, I'll keep working at my, my job. You're going to keep doing what you love. You'll die if you take that job. Right. Well, he's depressed and he's like literally depressed. And, um, and it's his birthday one year. And she said, come on, I'm going to take you out. We're going to go out to, you know, this jazz club. Let's listen to some music. You're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. She takes him out to the jazz club for his birthday. They're looking, they're sitting there listening to music in walks the head of music for Tyler Perry productions. And wow. Said, I've been looking for you. Somebody told me you, you come here sometimes. So I, I've been coming here just to find you. Oh my I, gosh. I've been looking for you. Yeah. Okay. This is the, happens to be the same restaurant. His wife said, we going, we just, this your birthday. I'm taking you out. Right. You press, we go. We're going to I've been spot. looking for you. I'm so glad I found you. I need you to be in a movie tomorrow. What? He has had he, Tyler Perry after Steady that. Work. He has been been with every Tyler Perry movie and every Tyler Perry stage play ever since. That changed the trajectory. That now he makes. I don't know. I can't even imagine how much he makes. You know, doing that. Right. Now that changed the trajectory. Just that support from his wife changed the trajectory of his life. Right. And he like he's. She like started to like he never he told her he told her in front yeah, of us. Yeah. Like he told us that story in front of us. And she said, I really never knew that that's what that did for you. He said that was the support that did it for me. Wow. And she never even heard that story. She never knew that that's what happened. You know? Yeah. She, she knew, obviously, that things changed after that night. But she didn't know all what he was going through in terms of the depression, the you know, like how he really was contemplating taking that job. You know, how he really, did, that was a, it was really, you know, he knew, you know, she told him to turn him down, but he, she didn't know how uh, important him telling him to turn it down was to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely. But that, those are the kind of things. Um, so that's, so just to give you an idea, those, the couples have an awesome time 
you know, sit it down with us because they get to voice some things they probably never even voiced before. Absolutely. So how do you guys uh, and Jared, this is probably particular for you. How do you get men to, to open up? I mean, obviously um, he opened up about that particular situation. But do you ever find it hard that men because I can't see like if you and if my husband and I would have come over were to come to dinner with you, I, I don't know if he would open up like that. How do you how do you get men to open up? I think one thing is one thing is men, we have a tendency to want to clam up or hold things in or I'm not going to say be hard, but we have a tendency to shut down. One thing that I do is try to lead by example. So when we're having these conversations, I'm just transparent with my life. I'm transparent with my walk. I'm transparent with things that my wife and I may be going through or that we've gone through that could possibly be of use to that couple. Uh, I think it's important, especially men, to just realize in order for us to to not only be better for the sake of our families, but really to be better for the sake of ourselves, we just have to open up. Uh, there's a lot of relationships out there that, you know, they're unhappy. They're, they're women who love the men that they have, who know that these men have all of this incredibleness pent up inside them and they don't let it out because sometimes we're just too busy trying to make that dollar. We're too busy, you know, going through whatever we're going through in our own lives that we don't open up and make ourselves vulnerable to the most important person in our lives, which is our wives. Right. And so I think what, but one of the things I always do is just, I try to lead by example. Uh-huh. I can't sit here and say I'm someone who's ever had a problem. I, I don't feel like I've had a problem communicating. My wife can correct me if I'm wrong. And the times that I have, she'll let me know. And mm-hmm. when she lets me know, the thing I have to humble out on is realizing that I want to do everything I can to make her happy. Yes. So a lot of times you hear people say the whole 50-50, but I just believe in giving her 100% of me. Yes. If I give her 100%, I pray she gives me back 100%. We're going to be in a beautiful place. Awesome. So you all, the dream for this movement is to take it to the podcast level. Am I correct? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and- and we actually want to add a video component. What we would do usually is, you know, record the interview and then I would transcribe it. And But I think the video component is, 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 um, more, it's more impactful. It's yeah. Kind of, Cause you get to see the, see the, the dynamic of the relationship. The yes. dynamic. Yeah. The emotion, the, the thought process. There, there's a lot to be read, not just off of what you hear or what you read, but what you can physically see. Like some of these times that we've sat down, I wish people could see, the, the the light bulb go off in the husband's mind. Yes. Like I can see it in their face, like in their eyes. They're like, wow, I didn't know that. Or the wife, she's sitting there and she's looking. And, and I've even seen instances where I feel like that couple, they're probably in a good place, but they're in an even better place because they have so much more love and affection and respect mm-hmm. for the spouse just based off of this conversation. Because they're able to hear something that I think objectively they normally would not get to discuss in their their one on one time. Right, right. That's that's beautiful. I think you. I mean, definitely change lives by uh, moving forward with this uh, video podcast and you know just regular audio podcast. People need this. They need it. And you know, yes. we're just facilitators. Obviously, we you know we just. We just want, you know, couples to to learn what yes. we same thing we're trying to learn, which is how do we make it work? How do we stay together? How do we how do we love each other? How do we have better lives? Yes. My life is better because of my partnership with him. It's just better. Right. Mm-hmm. I literally can't imagine life without him. I don't want to imagine life without him. It's just better. It's not it ain't got nothing to do with um, the fact that he pays all the bills or. <laughs> 
it's just the fact that it's, he's him and yes. I get around him and I love him. And, and she's her. And I, and I think if there's anything that we were trying to get across to people, I personally feel the one thing we know marriage takes work. Yes. But it, it's fun. It doesn't yeah. have to be hard. It can be a labor hard. of love. It can be a labor of love. It can actually be fun. Yeah. I've heard of seven year itch. What, what year are we going we're on? Going eight. We're going we're on eight. eight. We haven't had you itching? any itches. You there hasn't been like any itches. So you say you ain't itching? <laughs> we're not itching. So it's like we know that there you know, as all marriages, we have our ups and downs. Yes. Yes, of course. It's always been fun. Yes. It's always been fun. And I think it can be like that, but it does take a, a lot of humility. That's what we've learned for the couples that we've we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking with Speech and Yolanda. We we interviewed them. Yeah. Arrested Development and and you know they have so much fun that like we we emulate. We like to emulate their love of life. You know, mm-hmm. yes, you have some some lean times. You have some hard times. You got some times where you don't like each other, but get back to the basics, right? Which is, which is the love and the fun that you can have. Yep. That's but it's going to take some humility, and that's the hard part for Absolutely. most. Yeah, we, uh, my husband and I, we just celebrated 15 years this past August, uh-huh. and I, you know, I, this is probably the best year of our marriage. Let me tell yes. you. So now, awesome. we, so let's put you on the spot. Can we, can we count on you for one of our our podcast interviews? Yes. Yes, okay. we can. I promise you a meal and a good time. Okay, that's good. I can tell, and I love to eat now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say we've already secured a partnership with Annie's Pantry. Um, I, um, she owns Cami Cakes and now she's opened up a new, um, oh, great. restaurant. It's on Northside Parkway. I it's saw on- it on Instagram. Oh, Somebody tagged my- me in it or something. Let me tell you, that food is so good. And that's what we'll be. That's what we'll be conducting our interviews. And that's the meal you will be. You, it, I used to cook for the couples, but now I'm, we got to take it to the next level. You she's- have to. And, and that's, um, and so that's, we're really excited about that. That is fantastic. So she the concept, she's totally behind it in. And um, we're going to interview her and her husband. That is great. So have you already um, established everything on like iTunes and all that stuff? Are you still in the pretty? We're still in that process. Okay. Process and and bear with us. Oh, no, we will. And then we'll, you know, obviously after this, we'll talk and and I can, (laughs) you know, help you out as much as as possible. Uh, The the key thing is just staying consistent. You have to stay consistent. Because, yes, yes, because that's what we have to do. Because once people fall in love with your content, they want more and more and more of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Yes. So in the spring of 1997, Tacoma, you became a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the Gamma New Chapter. Did you choose Delta Sigma Theta or did Delta Sigma Theta choose you? You know what? I chose Delta Sigma Theta. I'm okay. I, I'm glad they chose me. I'm glad the relationship was reciprocal. But I knew <laughs> when I got on, when I stepped on the campus of Indiana University that I knew that that's what I wanted to be. I'm telling you, just like all my life, I've chose, I've made choices that reflect who I want to be. Uh-huh. Clearly who I was. And I remember, um, I don't have a family that's a Greek family. Um, I'm, I was the first to, in my, now that I think about it, I was the first to graduate college. Oh, wow. Family. My mother, she, she got back, she went back cause she, cause she got pregnant with me and married my father and got pregnant with me while a student mm-hmm. and she went back at her degree when she was 50 years old and I want to commend her for that but I did graduate before her oh okay <laughs> she wasn't in sororities you know I didn't have anybody in my family um 
my immediate family that was in fraternities. So I had no, I really was a clean slate. I did have some a couple of mentors in uh, middle school who were Deltas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some AKAs who were also some mentors. When I got on the campus and I saw those women in everything, they were, you know, we went, we were on a predominantly, it's not an HBCU. Right, um, right, right. We were on predominantly, so there were 800 black students on the campus of 40,000. Oh my God. Oh Lord. That, now there's a lot more now, but at that time in 95, when I came on campus, it was 800 students. And the Deltas ran that yard. They were the president of this and the, you know, vice chair of this. And they were in the white organizations, which is a hard thing to infiltrate in a white, on a white campus. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, they were everywhere. And I said, oh yeah, that's it. I mean, when, (laughs) when a song would come on that did not represent who they were as women, they left, they didn't, they stopped lining. They left the floor. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, that's it. Wow, so, yeah. that's big right there. Because, you know, yeah, was, right, any day, really, no, if you book, the liveest line dance ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a, see, when, when I was in school, there's some holes in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like song. Man, them Deltas left that floor so quick. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got standards. I'm trying to I'm trying to be that. Wow. So that's why I chose Delta. And um, I, I was so glad that they chose me in return. Number 12 on your line, still very close with your line sisters. Still very close. Let me tell you, we had our 20th anniversary this year. We all uh, went to, where do we go? Oh, we went on a cruise. We went on a cruise for our 20th uh, Delta anniversary, and all 13 of us, and mind you, one of us lives in the Barbados. So we all came back together and we're still, we're on group chat just today. We're on our WhatsApp talking to each other. That's awesome. That is awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Every last one of my sayings. I don't have any other friends, but my sayings really, that really know me, know me. Oh, that's um, dope. Yeah. So my sayings, we're very close. Yes. Good. We all back from homecoming this year. Yeah. We won the uh, award for the chat for the line that had the most, the highest percentage of uh, line of their sayings to come back. We all, all 13 of us were at homecoming this year. That's great. I know y'all kicked it. Oh, we- <laughs> It, it. Good, good. Now, JR, in spring of 1999, through the Alpha right. chapter of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, you became a member. Did Cap Alpha Psi choose you, or did you choose Cap Alpha Psi? Oh, I absolutely chose Cap mm-hmm. Alpha Psi. Um, now, I can say my influence probably started my senior year in high school. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm from Indiana. I'm from Terre Haute, which is about 40, 45 miles from Bloomington. And a gentleman there, he was just like a, a, a big brother, a mentor, lived on the corner, like not, literally not a, a house away. And he would, you know, we would hang out, go, you know, go play football. He let me play video games. He was just this really, really, really cool dude. And um, I remember he, they had some guys who were, you know, coming through the fraternity at Indiana State. He had them come over and they're like, you know, cleaning the the tv and doing things and i'm like what's going on here mm-hmm. and he was just like all oh, these these some guys that you don't want to be in the fraternity and i was just like okay you know this is different <laughs> um, so you fast forward and then and i won't lie he would be outside twirling that cane and i was like man this dude is smooth because <laughs> um, he was like he ran track he was just he was really involved he was like the president for something going on in indiana state and he's twirling the cane he runs track he's involved with the football team he does extracurricular, you know, stuff in the community. And then he, he found time to hang out with this 17-year-old kid who's in high school. Yeah. And he would just, you know, take a little time out of his week to just tell me, like, there's something greater. Um, I'm like Tacoma. I'm like the first in my family. I, I, I might be the first in my entire family to actually graduate. I had a few that few cousins that went to college, but they didn't finish or they finished after I did. So for me, it was one of those things where it's like, OK, I want something 
greater. I want, you know, I don't want to stay in Terre Haute, love my city, but I want to see what's in, out there in the world. Yeah. When I went to IU and I met some of the bros there, I was just like, okay, I already had an insight of what the fraternity was. And I'll be real, going to IU, I actually did not know that we were founded there until I went there. Right, right. I went there and I find out, hey, this is where the fraternity, you know, the guy who was, you know, really big in my life as a senior in high school and was a really, you know, just really awesome, I guess, example of, of what I'd like to see when it comes to a man. And especially in college, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And this is where we're founded. For me, it was like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just went after it, you know, I'm, I'm past pole mark. So, you know, to say I was president at the alpha chapter, I'm just like, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's, it's big. And the funny thing is, I don't realize how big it is until like we go and visit somewhere or, you know, you're introducing yourself to somebody and they're like, woo, woo, woo. And you're talking about where you're from and you say, oh yeah, Indiana university alpha chapter. They're like, what? And then they, you happen to say you were, you know, pole mark. They're like, get out of here. Right. You know, to be in that lineage of presidents going all the way back to, Elder Watson Diggs, it's just like, man. You it's made, one of those, you, yeah, you're history you're a history maker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I do. I appreciate it. I definitely chose Capital. Beautiful, beautiful. So how can people find you both and then support your amazing movement? You can find us at soulmatesoversoulfood.com. And that's where we'll be updating content. Once okay. we really get rolling here, we'll be updating our content there. And you'll that'll point you in the direction and point you in to where you where you need to be to get in touch with us okay sounds fantastic well this has been truly a joy to have oh. both of you on and it was a success i was like how are we gonna do this i think we can I do know. it yeah. <laughs> I, really, I just really appreciate you i just want to take this time to say i just really appreciate you for even just you know giving us this opportunity and to even you know allow us to just come on and talk about what our passion is and, it, and you, you're doing that's the whole point of this um, of your podcast and that's just it's such a phenomenal idea thank you so much thank you idea. so letting, much letting people get their passions out even if nothing else comes from it it's, it's like to be able to get your passion it's so therapeutic yes yes, yes. You know? yes. I appreciate you you just you're an amazing woman mm -hmm. and what you're doing is not just so far past therapeutic but just the way that the influence that you're going to have over people all over the world yeah. it's it's a it's a gift and we thank you for using it. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I thank you so much. Well, thank you. Absolutely. The Perrys, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Tacoma Perry, and I am a proud stay-at-home mom and a prouder cool soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh. My name is Daryl Perry. I am an inventory manager at Home Depot, as well as a field agent with Financial Education Services. And I am a cool brother, a cool fraternity member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I'm a Kappa man, highly in demand, diamonds in the sky, fine new pie.